Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. One of my favorite songs is Sam Cooke's A Change Is Gonna Come. It is one of those songs like Van Morrison's Tupelo Honey or U2's I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For that cross from entertainment to truth and to some become talismanic and holy writ. They force you to stop whatever you are doing and no matter how many times you have heard it before, you listen. The change is going to come is more than a pretty song. It is an anthem of an era, a prophetic proclamation to a divided world. The song was recorded on October 8th, 1963, after the Clarksdale native and members of his entourage were refused lodging at a Shreveport, Louisiana motel. In a horrible twist of fate, two weeks before the recording was released, Cook was shot and killed in Los Angeles. Rolling Stone magazine wrote, A change is going to come was his farewell address and final hit. Mr. Cook sang, I go to my brother, and I say, Brother, help me, please. But he wind up knocking me back down on my knees. There have been times that I thought I couldn't last for long. But now I think I'm able to carry on. It's been a long time, but I know a change is going to come. Yes, it will. I wonder how Cook's masterpiece was received by the ears who first heard it. For some, it must have been a balm for a battered soul who knew the sting of injustice only too well. For others, fear. And perhaps others, anger. Change is frustrating and frightening. I went to the grocery store the other day and they had moved everything around and I was frustrated. <laughs> My children informed me that there is a new way to teach math and the way I learned math is the old way. But I thought I learned the new math. Are you telling me there is a new, new math? Change is an inevitability. Change in your job, a change in your family, a change in your health, a change in your waistline, a change in music, a change on what in what team is on top. Change is everywhere, and we cannot escape it. And the 1960s did not have a monopoly on change. Sorry, boomers. But change has been going on since God said, let there be light. Jesus 
is bringing it in today's gospel. Obviously, in a very cheery mood, Jesus says, I came to bring fire to the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. Someone didn't get his coffee that morning. But Jesus wants change. Jesus prays for change. Jesus is on fire for change. What do you think thy kingdom come, thy will be done means other than change? So let us reflect for a moment on fire and change. First things first, Jesus, this fire Jesus is talking about is not hellfire and brimstone. This is not damnation. Nor is Jesus talking about fiery destruction or fiery cataclysm. This is not Armageddon. To quote another rock song, this is not thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening. Instead, this fire is the fire of presence, the fire that represents the presence of God. Remember how God spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. Remember how God led the Hebrew people through the desert in a pillar of fire. Remember on the day of Pentecost when the disciples received the Holy Spirit as flames upon their heads. This fire is with us, God's beloved people. We have a fire of presence right here in the chapel, the sanctuary lamp right there on the wall, which represents that there is consecrated bread and wine inside the tabernacle. Moreover, this fire is a fire of creation. This is the fire of a potter's kiln, a welder's torch, a baker's oven. Rowan Williams, a former Archbishop of Canterbury, once wrote, we stand in the furnace of divine action that unites earth and heaven. So as we heard in today's gospel, our God is an engaged God and an energetic God. And symbolized by fire, we have a present God, a creative God, and a creating God. But keeping that in mind, we wonder, what is God going to do? How will God act? And the answer is, I don't know. Jesus said, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Good question, Jesus. But this present time makes me scratch my head. In keeping with Jesus' words, we live in a divided moment. Yet we also live in a time of great certainty. Of all the scary people in the world, the ones that scare me the most are the ones that know they are right. Mostly because I am right, and therefore they are wrong. <laughs> but in all seriousness, they scream at us from our televisions and the Twitter, strident in their righteousness. And I wonder, how do they know? How do we know? Jesus' words in today's gospel are frightening and disconcerting. And if we are honest with ourselves, the changes they portend are uncertain and unsettling. But I do know that God is here 
and God is acting. And God's justice is being revealed all around us. We just have to have the faith and courage to see it. As the psalmist sings today, God will save the weak and the orphan, defend the humble and needy, rescue the weak and poor, deliver them from the power of the wicked. God will scoop up the hurting and heal them. God will take up the broken and mend them. God will embrace the excluded and welcome them. God will root out the injustice that is so tightly woven into our broken systems and institutions and enlighten them. God will smile on you and me and remind us once for all that we are too, that we too are worthy and beloved. And I don't know about you, but for me, that would be a change. A week ago Friday, I was honored to attend the funeral of the Reverend Chuck Culpepper. Some of you may know Chuck, some of you may not. A native of Meridian, and to paraphrase the Apostle Nathaniel, can anything good come out of Meridian? (laughs) Chuck was a lawyer and worshipped here at the chapel for a time before answering a call to the priesthood. Chuck mentored generations of young people at Camp Bratton Green, was an advocate for the homeless in downtown Jackson, and served small parishes in Brandon and Terry. All that being said, I didn't know Chuck. We served on a committee together. We did pub trivia a couple times at Hal and Mal's. He was a fun lunch table companion, and he was never afraid to speak his truth. But I did not know him, yet I was honored to be part of a celebration of his life. The chapel at camp was packed. Bishops, priests, and deacons, family, friends, and neighbors, campers, parishioners, and colleagues, and most importantly, sisters and brothers who knew God and knew God well because of Chuck. And I wept. I wept not because I mourned the loss of a friend and not because I was trying to emulate the others who were weeping, but I wept because God was present. The Holy Spirit hung in the air as we sang and laughed and prayed and received. It was truly a gathering of God's beloved. Oh, that the world felt more like that. Our God is here. Our God is on fire for God's justice and God's love, and achieving those goals will involve change. And no one knows for certain what that will look like, and if they do know, they are probably wrong. But we know that God is moving. We know that we, as followers of Christ, must look for God in the world, celebrate when we find him, name it when he is absent, and play our part in God's work in the world. We know that, quoting our psalm again, God will rise, rule the earth, and take all nations for his own. And then all of God's beloved children will be gathered into one. And oh, that day will be beautiful. Amen.